0: You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas, and then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt.
1: Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small.
0: And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired-looking woman staring back at me in the mirror?
1: Until you remembered something very important, you aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity
0: outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15-year-old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again.
1: You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome Welcome to to the the Mother Plus Podcast. Podcast.
0: Hello everybody. And welcome to another episode of the mother plus podcast. Hey, Steph, how's it going? Long time. No see.
1: We've taken a summer hiatus, which we can talk about another time, but <laughs> we're excited to be back today with just a nice low key Stace and Steph episode about something we think you'll be able to relate to.
0: Mm-hmm. It feels so good to sit at this seat with this microphone. Again, the other side of my plus really needed it. Cause I've been spending an awful lot of time with my children this summer as I'm sure we all have been. So, yeah. um, <laughs> today we're here to talk about our intuition, our gut, and I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory from my end. Um, I consider myself a lifelong student. I was a you know straight A student all through school, through college. I love to learn after I graduated college. I thought that I would be done learning and be satisfied with that. And I have never felt that way. If it was up to me, I would go to school for the rest of my life. And that would make me very happy. I know not everybody can relate to that, but that feeds into what we're talking about here. I feel like the internet has fed into my addiction of constant learning because we are all being inundated constantly with people teaching us things right through social media and our feeds through online courses through audiobooks through podcasts such as this one we are constantly consuming information and it allows me to feed that addiction to feel like oh i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning um and i felt like i got to a point a couple of years ago where i realized that i was not happy anymore because I was overwhelmed by information all the time and I felt like I needed to stop for a second and just be quiet and listen to my own thoughts versus somebody else telling me how to do all of these different things. And, um, it actually came to a point where I had to delete my podcast app and delete, um, some social media stuff so that I wasn't constantly feeling like at every moment of every day, if I wasn't talking to somebody else or busy doing something that I was consuming information just to take a break from it. So we'll talk a little little bit about that later, but I've been re-inspired to talk about that, this topic on this show, because I've been reading a book by Jenna Kutcher called how are you really Jenna Kutcher is a uh, top podcaster. Her podcast is called the gold digger show, and I'm a big fan of it. And her book has been great. So I highly recommend it, but in it, she talks about how we are, um, paralyzing ourselves with other people's opinions because we're constantly learning from other people and we're not listening to ourselves anymore. So I felt it was a good topic to bring to you from the mother plus lens. And so, um, can you step in here and say kind of how you feel about our information overload currently?
1: Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with you, but it's funny because I come from a different perspective because I have like anxiety dreams about being back at school. I don't want to, like, I sort of consciously shield myself from Information overload because I'm such a sensitive person and I'm so prone to overwhelm that the idea of like continuing to learn things just feels like I could sink into the ground. So I'm sort of on the other side of the spectrum from you, which is interesting. Not that I don't want to learn new things, right? But I'm also like, when do I coast? Like I, I just I want to coast. I don't want to learn. And I. Um, I totally agree that we are constantly bombarded with information. and I think for me, the thing that's most problematic, and I know you've got some really interesting stats on this that you're going to share has to do with um, distractions and constant interruptions. because for me, it's not the um, it's not the intentional, taking an online class or i'm trying to get this certification it's it's the little things that are flitting in and out because i think we've got two things we have the like i'm searching for information for self improvement right like i'm i'm trying to learn this new skill like the stuff that's really intentional and then there's the stuff that is just coming at us right and i think that's the kind of information overload that i find so paralyzing which makes me wonder if that's what prevents me from like seeking out actual learning because I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm just holding up all these shields all day to like deflect all this information that I actually didn't ask for that. I don't want right. That I'm like full, like my sponge is saturated.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I love that you have the opposite perspective yet. You can Yet, yeah, if you choose to consume any information on the internet, you're going to be served it no matter what I'm asking for it. Right. You're not asking right. for it. Both of us are getting the information. But both
1: of us, both of us are getting it. And we're also getting more than, more than we want. And I think for both of us, the end result tends to be overwhelmed and that might manifest differently, right? Yes. Like, um, I mean, I tend to get really frazzled and irritable when I feel like, um, even even things like okay when I'm when I'm maxed out because of whatever whether it's multitasking or information overload, if people are like, "What's your schedule for next week?" I'm like, my head's gonna explode. Right, all of a sudden, it pushes me to the limit where I can't even tolerate um, like actual human interaction. You know, like face to face meeting or a coffee date or whatever. And I think that pisses me off because I don't want people I actually know to be like, what's your schedule for a a phone call or a meeting or a whatever. And for me to be like, I'm so fried, I can't even see this person that I like or make room for this phone call that's practical because it's like that digital bombarding has taken up so much of my energy that it makes me wanna hide from even the, the real stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think i realized that till now. I did not put this in the notes. (laughs) Like that just,
0: it makes so much sense. I find myself constantly avoiding things like going through the mail pile and the bills and making the calls I need to make, which nobody truly enjoys, but I'm, it gets pushed and pushed further than it ever has before, because there's just so much coming at me at all times that any sort of break in my day, the last thing I want to do is, is do something that needs to be done. <laughs> because right. My mind is just constantly being busy. So I, I will read this stat just because you mentioned it. And I think it's, it's interesting. So those distracted by emails and phone calls saw a 10 point fall in their IQ twice <laughs> that found in studies on the impact of smoking marijuana more than I would of- rather
1: smoke some pot than check my emails and let's not be hating on the cannabis. We're not hating (laughs) on it, but it's interesting, right? is okay. No, keep going.
0: And then more than half of the 1100 participants said they always responded to an email immediately or as soon as possible. While 21% admitted that they would interrupt a meeting to do so constant interruptions yes. can have the same effect as the loss of a night's sleep. Well, I love oh that. My fact, God. Cause that makes that, that, that is-, is powerful to me. I, if yes. I have no night's sleep. I feel like I'm on drugs. I am out of my mind. Yep. And we might, it's
1: completely dysregulating. It's it, that, that one stat that you shared was the one that I was like, Oh my God, because I am so guilty of needing to return the email immediately or thinking about it until I finally like it's, it's that impulse is that makes people respond to text messages at stoplights. Right. Because it's so stressful to have this communication that's hanging over our heads. That's the kind of stuff that I feel like is frying my nervous system because I can't let a text or an email go until the end of the day, unless I truly am like, so caught up in something important that I, oh, there's a ping right now, turning that off. Um, <laughs> my Instacart order. I don't want to know where you are shopper. Um <laughs> or I that you just, can't
0: get the organic broccoli.
1: Right, I did not approve any substitutions. It's the it's the interruptions and the distractions and I totally think it does have the same result as making us tired. And oh my gosh, I want to do an experiment now because you know how I am with sleep, right? How much I love it and it's like one of my superpowers usually. I feel so tired most of the time and it makes me wonder if I had a day where I checked all of my emails and notifications at like 9 a.m. And I didn't do it again for like eight hours, like not allowed to. Don't look, don't see the alert, don't get the little dopamine rush of I just ticked this box, I responded to this email. I feel like that's the thing that's slowly killing us. And it's sort of, it's sort of like an information overload, but it's also just this digital bombardment that I think is so fracturing to us and so damaging to our nervous systems that that's what makes it so that we like dread opening the mail. Or when someone's like, what days are you available? And you want to scream like, I'm not available, even though you are available. I think it's because our brains feel like they're, we're not available. Like we're full, we are overloaded. Right. Do you answer your emails right away? Or are you?
0: No, I don't. I honestly don't, I I'm one of those people who has, do you, do you want to hear this? This is, this'll give you anxiety. If you're not like this, I have 14,451 emails in my Gmail right now. I gave up a long time ago deleting and unsubscribing and archiving because it gave me more stress. And I just accept now that I have more than I could ever go through. And I, and I miss things because of it. I am not the most organized person. So let's start with that. And my husband hates it. He's a, he's an inbox zero type of guy. I, I wish I could be that person. I am not. And I have accepted it. In box zero. It's how
1: I reduce my anxiety or is it? Or is it reducing my anxiety, or is it feeding it? Because for you, you're like I'm consciously seeking out all this this you know knowledge and betterment, per- perhaps to your detriment. But yet you're not like respond, respond, respond. Um, what's the rest of that thing that? Okay, there's another quote in here that you put about. Um, you know um, what I'm talking about? Wow. It's the thing. It's the thing about that we're always available. That's that's what fucking kills me. Oh, oh, here, here. Okay. By now, what is this from? This is the
0: same stat that I cited earlier.
1: Okay. So after the part about the loss of night sleep, this is what like, like pierced my soul by adopting an always on Anywhere, anytime, any place, behavior, we exist in a constant state of alertness that scans the world, but never really gives our full attention to anything. In the short term, we adapt well to these demands, but in the long term, the stress hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol create a physiological hyper alert state <clears throat> that is always scanning for stimuli, provoking a sense of addiction, temporarily assu- assuaged at it. By checking in, it's the checking in. It's the I'm always on call. Like I get so pissed sometimes. I'll get a text and it's like I can't respond to this right now. As if the person themselves were like, "I'm expecting you to reply immediately." Yes. It's like who has imposed this sense of I'm always on call. I'm always on duty. Can I have some of the chocolate down there? A little of it, not all of it. Thank you. Always on call. Um that that's the stuff that makes me crazy. And um, so Jessica and I have building a writing practice courses. She's posted a lesson about divided attention and how harmful it is. It's like, we're recording a podcast, but I just got an alert from my Instacart shopper. I saw an email come in, my kids at the door, and what's happening to my nervous system. It's Mm -hmm. more and more and more activated, but this is just five minutes of one day. Like, look at the build over time. And if we truly are making it so that we are always on call, that we feel guilty if it takes us two hours to respond to someone's email or text or two days, like, that's a choice we're making. And, and ultimately, that's, I think that's what is really um, messing with us in terms of stress hormones. And that's that addictive behavior. It's that scanning for stimuli. And, Mm -hmm. um, in this, in this, uh, lesson about divided attention, one of the things that I read that really upset me, it was called, I can't read a book anymore. Like this dude is reading a fiction book and he can read for like five minutes. And then he picks up his phone, what's on Facebook. And then he reads, and then he sees, he has an email. And I was like, that's me. I can't just sit for 30 to 60 Mm -hmm. minutes and read a book without quote checking in. And that, that is an addiction because what we are doing is seeking out that stimuli, that little dopamine hit when we did productive, productive, scanning for stimuli, productive, but we're not robots. We're human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I think I read the same
0: thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I feel like so many of us can relate to that. I mean, I used to be an avid reader. I'd love to sit and read books. And I I kind of thought I kind of accounted it to, well, I'm a mom now and I just don't have time. And that's true. But like, I think so much of it is this idea of sitting for like two hours straight focused on one thing is like the scariest thought. What? How, how could I do that?
1: Like the next time I pick up my novel to read for 20 to 30 minutes, I need to put my phone in another room Mm -hmm. because I physically feel like I can't not touch it. You and I are both affected by this sort of digital overwhelm era, but in almost completely different ways. So we're talking about two types of information. We're talking about meaningful, intentional information that we are seeking out to make ourselves happier, healthier, smarter, more competent. And we're also simultaneously talking about information that is sort of meaningless you got a text, so-and-so posted in this Facebook group. Your Instacart shopper is shopping. Like that's all information, right? Mm -hmm. It's stimuli. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of trying to balance both of these things in this Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. where like, oh, guess what? We're also living real lives where we have houses to care for and pets to feed and kids to drive to school and maybe a job and maybe a partner, right? Those things are grounded in physical reality, right? So it's no wonder when an actual person is like, when can we get together? And I feel like I'm going to shoot out the fucking chimney, right? You know, right. Like we're spending too much time inside our own heads, consuming information, whether we're choosing to or not, that we can't respond in a healthy manner in our actual lives. Oh my God. Somebody get me off this planet for a while. Like, this is so overwhelming.
0: It is, but it's so beautifully put. I feel like that sums it up right there. And I, I have, I feel like I've noticed a backlash in terms of the receiving information, um, involuntarily where what you're experiencing, the text messages and the emails, I find more and more people I text have that do not disturb on, however, What's funny is that most of the time they immediately respond. So they're still not actually using it the way it was intended to be used. Right. No, they're not hearing a
1: sound, but they're seeking it out. Yes. yes. It's almost worse. You hear a sound. You're like, oh, I have a message. You turn your phone off. Do I have one? Do Mm -hmm. I, I do look, I have, I have four. I have four.
0: Mm -hmm. Mine is definitely more in the social media realm um, digital courses. I consider it. I mean, I I hate using the word addiction because obviously it, it, it triggers people, but for me, I I'm very, very interested slash obsessed with furthering my education, getting more certifications, learning all the things. And I am the Mm -hmm. perfect target for social media influencers and gurus because I, I want to learn it all. Um, and I subscribe to it all. I feel like social media plays a really important role in this conversation. I went ahead and timed one minute of scrolling through my Instagram feed. And I came across the following. I am told how to be worthy and trust myself, how to launch a product or service, how to commit to my workout routine, how to better my social strategy, how to move to Europe, how to love myself. And how to entertain my toddlers without screens. So all of that happened in one minute oh of me scrolling, and we don't even think about it anymore, right? But, but when you listen to it that way and you recognize, even if we're not going into detail as to what these people are explaining to us, that is just one thing after another. This is how you do that. This is how you do this. And you're, you're not actually learning any of it. You're just getting anxiety thinking about how you should be doing all of these things.
1: You you know what comes to mind is you're telling me that I'm thinking about like a pipe that's just getting layers of like sludge and calcification, like each new thing. Oh, I I could learn how to move to Europe. Oh, I could be better at this podcast. Oh, I could find this activity, this meal, this craft, this whatever. The pipes are just getting sludgier and sludgier and sludgier. And pretty soon nothing can even slide through them. Like the water is not travel. Like they're just getting junked up Mm -hmm. with information. And you're right, you're not really because you haven't like the book you're reading, you you made a choice to pick up that book and read it. Like you are saying, I'm prioritizing this. I'm going to digest this, right? Like, imagine mm-hmm. if you were trying to eat a meal and people were like putting spoonfuls of crap into your mouth while you were like, no, I made this dinner and I'm trying to eat it. But it's like, here, have some ice cream. Here's some Doritos. That's almost what it's like. And It's like you prevent the flow of anything meaningful. How do mm-hmm. you, how do you shield yourself from that? And also I'm curious about you as far as how, how you've set a boundary of like, I know that learning makes me feel good. So where do I find that line of I'm allowed to learn? I'm allowed to follow this influencer or read this book, but where do you draw the line so that your sanity isn't
0: impacted? I feel like the solution to our two problems is different. I think so in a way for me, I found that. Well, let me back up for a second. I'll say a low point in me recognizing that this was a problem for me, that this was no longer joy, but pain and anxiety was when, and I can't remember specifically what the issue was, but I was very upset about something. I was, I was sad. I was crying. It was probably some, you know, relationship thing. And I remember my reaction being Googling it. And then going on social media and scrolling, like looking up a tag of like, you know, uh, I can't remember searching, searching for something on social media for the answer, searching on Pinterest for, for inspirational quotes. I mean, this is not something I'm proud to admit. I'm really embarrassed by it, but
1: I, get it I found
0: that the only way to deal with my feelings was to let somebody else tell me how to deal with them. Strangers. Right. right. And. Uh, that was when I realized that I had gone a little nuts and that I needed to close some of this stuff down. I have never gone as far as, you know, totally getting off Instagram or Facebook, but podcasts for me, which I love, obviously, um, I had to delete that app for a while to stop consuming information that way. Cause that's like, that was my drug of choice. Wherever I was, whatever I was doing, I'm listening to a podcast or I'm listening to an audio book. And I I called it my information diet, where I just took it all away. Anything that was teaching me how to do something or bettering me in any way, I didn't want to hear it. (laughs) I instead chose only to consume enjoyable information like fiction and then journaling is the other thing. I, I found that instead of seeking out other people's answers, I needed to shut the noise off and ask myself the question as to what was bothering me and what can I do about it? It's so simple, but I I used to be a regular, a pretty regular, you know, diary keeper journaler. And that has really fallen by the wayside as I've become a mom. And I've just started to listen to myself more by writing it out. Um, so those two things have really helped me, but
1: And I, I don't know that it's true that the solution isn't the same for both of us. Okay. As you're talking, I'm like, it's, it's, it's motivated by different reasons, but the idea of doing that digital detox and choosing Mm -hmm. only to consume things that feel enjoyable and low stress, um, that, that could work in, in my case as well, right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, mindless scrolling, the responding, responding, delete, delete, like it's like a nervous tick for me, but choosing not to do that and turning within a little bit more. It, I think a lot of it does have to do with mindfulness and that journaling that brings you kind of back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think like, honestly, I think mindfulness is a, is a big part of either one. It's like stopping yourself and asking, how is this making me feel? Why am I doing this right now? What else could I be doing? Um, and I talked about that podcast, the happiness lab that my friend Shannon told me about this one episode. That's basically like your phone is making you miserable. I think we have talked about this on this podcast before. And again, it's that, it's that pause and like, wait, what am I what am I doing right now? What am I doing to myself? And what you were describing with like turning to the internet to solve this problem. Have you heard, I feel like maybe especially since the pandemic, but a lot of people talk about having decision fatigue. And I Mm. feel like I constantly have decision fatigue that um, I'm finding myself right now, like saying to my husband, I just need you to tell me this time or that time, you know, like I, And I think that it's, it's maybe the same as what you're describing, just that, again, we're so overloaded with stimuli that we can't even be grounded enough in ourselves to just trust that we can make a competent, good decision Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. that
1: we either have to outsource it to the peanut gallery of the internet or a partner, or you decide like, I don't know. I wonder if that's another sort of symptom of this. So tell me more about that information, detox and, and the journaling. Is that something you've kept up or was that sort of short lived in as it pertained to like that moment in time when you were like, Whoa, I've got this problem.
0: Be honest. Yes, it is definitely, it was definitely short lived. I am listening to all the podcasts again, and all the audio books at any point in time. I have three audiobooks downloaded. I have you know, 12 podcasts in my library that I'm keeping up on the newest episodes. Um, and the journaling I think is still effective because if I'm at a really low point, yes, I understand. And even if it's not a physical notebook, I pull out my notes on my phone and ask myself, what is bothering you? What do you need? You know what I mean? So that I can like recognize it because sometimes it, it really is, not apparent until you write it down or ask yourself that question. So that has held strong, but yeah, the addiction, it's really easy to slide right back into, but it helps now that I recognize it. And I know that if I got to a point where I am not like listening to myself or my intuition or my gut anymore, that I need to stop for a second. I think this podcast is a really good example because to do a podcast, you of course, Google how to do a podcast. You might buy a course on how to create and launch a successful podcast. You're following other podcasters. So you're constantly taking in this information. You're trying to build the social media feed and it's really easy to get caught up in the way you're supposed to do it and follow everybody else's advice. But some of the best stuff that has come out of this podcast is when I put all of that away. And I just said, like, let's follow this idea. Like
1: yeah. the,
0: we hate playing with our kids, which we mentioned probably every other episode. Like we didn't get yeah. that from anywhere. That's just how we felt. That was a conversation we had right. and it struck a chord with so many people. And it was beautiful because it, nothing, nothing about it was about researching or, you know, it, no, was just about-
1: it was totally organic. Yeah. And you know, as you're, as you're talking about that, giving yourself that space, um, one of the tips that you've suggested as like kind of a response to this is when you're doing mindless tasks, don't turn on a podcast or an audiobook. Sit in silence while you're folding the laundry. Just like just doing a task. That's really right. hard because I right. think a lot of us feel like doing the dishes or the laundry or walking the dog if we're not also being productive then it's a fail. But really what we're doing is we're sparing ourselves that divided attention. That's just sort of further like clogging up the pipes, right? I know mm-hmm. I've got all of my, like I'm juggling a lot of metaphors. Here, I love
0: it. I love it. I
1: hate that when you get to a stoplight, you think, what can I do that's productive? Oh my God. Like maybe not getting an accident. <laughs> now t- I, say the Judy bloom thing. Cause that, yes, about I was just the- going to
0: say it. So uh, along amongst everything else, I'm also a masterclass subscriber. <laughs> and if you don't know, <laughs> masterclass is amazing. I actually did cancel my subscription this year in hopes of minimizing my information, but I still love it. It has writers, actors, entrepreneurs, scientists, any field you can think of, there's an expert in masterclass. And I'm talking like High level, big name: um, Alicia Keys, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, Judy Bloom, and so one of. The, I took the Judy Bloom masterclass, because I loved all of the writing masterclasses. and she said something. If you don't know who Judy Bloom is, she wrote Super Fudge, Blubber, Forever, Summer Sisters, like lots of coming of age novels. Are you I there, was like God? Really, it's me, Margaret. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so she said in her master class that some of the best advice she gives to her students when she teaches writing is when you're taking a walk or you're doing something mindless, don't listen to music, don't listen to podcasts, don't listen to new, new information, just be silent, take the headphones out because when she's walking especially amongst other people in public, that's when she gets her best ideas because she's listening to their conversations it sparks something in her head or she's just it's silent and it allows her, brain to think your brain needs to think and your brain cannot think when it's constantly consuming information and it's it, I, that really stuck with me because don't we all do that now that we yep. have our airpods and you know our iPhones we're we're constantly if we're walking even we have to be listening to mm-hmm. something um so but- and i and I, and the music i kind of i i i, I say mm-hmm. that if i'm not listening to podcasts and I can still listen to music. And that that actually allows my brain to think and bring me joy me personally. Too. As, a like mu- I- as
1: a music therapist, I'm like, yeah. mm, okay, if you're trying to let your brain take in your surroundings as far as like listening to people's conversations because you're a writer shopping yeah. for ideas, right. that's one thing. But if you're like, On, you know, a fricking trail with your dogs and you want to be listening to something that makes you feel relaxed. I just think that's, that's different,
0: but I think we could all do better. It would serve us all to listen to more music and less talking. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree. I I feel like.
0: We have to train ourselves. We literally have to retrain ourselves, which is so difficult because we're going to be surrounded by other people doing exactly what we've been doing this whole time. And it makes it like, well, if they're doing it, I should pick up my phone too. The thing that bothers me more than anything, and you're going to understand this more than I am is the effect it is having on our children and our teenagers. I just came back from vacation with my family. We went to this water park, uh, kind of shopping mall thing in Alabama. I can't remember. it's called Oa and it's filled with teenagers. And everywhere you go, you see groups of teenagers and every single time they are not talking to each other. They are on their phones, each individually in their own world on their phones instead of talking to one another. It makes me so sad every time, like to the point of tears, like I, it breaks my heart because that's not how I grew up. And I know, and I don't even
1: know, I don't think we even know how that story ends yet. I don't even think we know how damaging the effect of allowing ourselves to live in this frenzied stimuli, little digital bubble, because what it does is I, like I've said several times during this episode, I think it makes us less capable of existing in our physical worlds. You know, Um, we don't have anything left to give to Mm -hmm. our bodies and our families and our friends and our homes and our, Mm -hmm. you know, I, so I don't know, as I'm thinking about like a takeaway of, you know, you gave me some good ideas with what you were talking about with sort of your digital detox or your information diet. If I can do two things, I think it's going to be this, uh, read a book every day and do not have my phone in arm's reach. Just read. 30 minutes, like, oh my God, what a torture, you know, read mm-hmm. for 30 minutes and I have your phone nearby, but also the, like, let the emails pile up. Don't tackle, don't, don't check in. Don't make myself so accessible to the right. information. I think right. those are the two things I'm going to try to do differently right. and and see if it actually impacts my level of fatigue and irritability.
0: I I felt like after the Marcy K episode where she talked about getting quiet, and mm-hmm. when it comes to being more productive, the best thing you can do is stop multitasking and focus on one yes. task at a time. That was so powerful to me, and it's still mm-hmm. stuck with me today because I found myself so much less scattered. I have so much anxiety. Um, I think we all do. I don't know if I have any more than the average person, but. I felt a, a, a noticeable dip when I started doing one thing at a time versus multiple things at a time. And that can include folding laundry and listening to a podcast because it feels right. like one thing, but it really isn't. Right. So
1: I agree. It's like sneaky. Yeah. And, and even if you're cooking dinner and every five minutes you're checking to see what emails you can delete, that's not doing one thing.
0: Right. That's not right. making
1: dinner. Like I don't need to delete Every email that comes in as it comes in while I'm cooking dinner, I could turn on some music and sing along while I'm cooking. And like, I think we all need to lose our phones more often because I mean, more, more often than not, they're the source of our information. Um, Pam, Pam Moore, one of our very first guests, Mm -hmm. she, I don't know if she still does this, but she like got rid of her smartphone and got a flip phone. And the only time she did Facebook or Instagram was on her computer. She's like, wow. if I'm going to get on Facebook,
0: right, it has to be, be intentional.
1: Intentional, not because it's easy, not because it's right here. You know, I don't yeah. know if she's doing that anymore. I should ask her. I
0: but think like, a lot of people it- do the basket by the door. I've heard that you keep a cell phone, a basket for the cell phones by the door, and you come in the door and you have to drop it in there, or at least at, at the very least at dinner time, which I feel like we yeah. all should be doing, but keep the phones away from the dinner yeah. table that kind of thing. Yeah,
1: I agree. This is really this is really motivating me because it's sort of like when I think about how overwhelmed I am right now, I don't actually have that many meaningful commitments that are competing for my time. Like I'm teaching some this month I'm not teaching all day. I have a I had a, a class this morning and a few voice students this afternoon, you know I'm I'm in charge of a big fundraiser right now. Yeah, that takes up a lot. but like these aren't things that are pushing at the seams of my availability. So why do I feel so overwhelmed? I think it's the stuff that I'm not actually intending to take on that's just clogging those pipes up. And mm-hmm. I think that you have to get really intentional to unclog them so that things can flow again.
0: Right. Um, I think that's such a good point. Ask anybody on any day, how are you? And their answer is busy. And you actually ask them to tell you what they're busy with. You know, it likely could be like a sizable list, but I feel like a lot of us have the same things, especially with kids. You know, I've got my job, I've got to drop my kids off. I've got to pick my kids up, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, insert hobby here, but the, the, it, feels so much bigger than your actual list because we are constantly inundated with information. So it's busying our brains.
1: You feel like you're busier than you actually are. And you know how we like praise and applaud people, especially women start saying no, say no to things. And, and, and it's like, I'm going to say no to being room mom. I'm saying no to the PTA. I'm saying no to going to this meeting. I don't want to go to And Mm -hmm. you know, okay, I'm organizing this giant fundraiser. I'm the head of the committee. And there are so many people who are not volunteering to help. Now I'm like, where the fuck is everybody? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, is everyone just like, I said no to helping with this thing. And it makes me wonder though, like, yes, yes, we do need to respect our boundaries, but are we like saying no to actual things because we're so full of stupid shit? We don't actually think that we even have the capacity to like volunteer for a freaking fundraiser, you know,
0: we're saying no to the stuff that really matters. The human interactions,
1: human interactions.
0: And taking on the information privately more. That makes perfect we're saying,
1: sense. We're saying yes to five hours a day up of, of screen yeah. time. Yeah. That's what we're saying yes to. And we're saying no to like showing up at the, you know, little league car wash or whatever.
0: <laughs> Again, back to the Jenna Kutcher book that stuck out to me, a uh, quote that she said was we are quieting our creative voices with a digital pacifier. And what she was referring to oh. was that she um, she got interested in photography. Um, she, she had a pretty successful job in marketing, but she had this inkling to learn about photography. And then it grew and grew to the point where she was ready to quit her job and become a full-time photographer. Then she became very successful at photography, so much so that she was named top wedding photographer in Wisconsin. And then that kind of grew into this big monster. And she realized she was, had to be available 24-7 as a photographer and that she wasn't feeling creative anymore and that instead... Whenever she wanted to get in touch with that creative side, she was consuming information online, much like the way I do through digital courses or, you know, scrolling through your feed, having other people tell her how to be creative But instead of actually being creative, she was just learning about how to be creative. And that, that struck a chord with me because that is exactly how I am. I'm I'm so obsessed with learning about the thing that I'm not actually doing it. And when I'm doing it, I'm so much happier. And this podcast is a perfect example. I thought about doing something like this podcast for probably two years before we actually executed it because I was so damn busy learning about how to do it that I wasn't doing it. Now that I'm doing it, I'm actually spending less time learning how to do it because I want to do it, you know? And so her, her, her answer was to watercolor, which is exactly what you think of when you think of like, how can I be creative again? I can do art. And so she actually did. And she got out paper and watercolors and instead of scrolling, she did that. And of course, being the creative and successful person she is, she actually posted those online and started selling them and made all sorts of money with her watercolor. I'm not saying that everybody's going to have that, that result, but it was such a beautiful example of like, can we take all of the time that we're spending consuming information about how to do things and actually do the things?
1: Yeah. For me, again, this is like my sort of end of the pathology is kind of different from yours. My creativity is completely killed by my, my overwhelm because of my constant responding to stimuli. You know, right? Um, it's, I'm not, not learning about how to create. I'm like trying to put out fires and responding to things. I'm so distracted and I have such terrible divided attention that that's why I'm not creating. So it's like, Mm. it's like two sides of the same coin,
0: you know? Interesting. Um, Okay.
1: Yeah. But I think, I think that she's right on that. Honestly, creativity is the casualty of this excessive consumption. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we're sacrificing. We're sacrificing our ability to create.
0: And I think connect, create and connect.
1: Create and connect. Oh, look at this. See, we're just making this shit up as we go. <laughs> good.
0: I feel like from right, my it's like, more about creating yours. Okay. It's like,
1: connect. yeah, right. It's like um, create, connect, or consume. Like you have a choice, right?
0: Yes. Yes. I, I would
1: rather create and connect than consume. And I feel like our consumption is really putting the fire out on those other things. And those things feed us. The consumption drains us. That's what's so interesting. That's what's counterintuitive. You think you're filling yourself up, but what you're doing is completely draining and depleting yourself of any, you know, clarity and stamina and energy. Right. We know how to get, out of this, it's just like you said, it's that addictive spiral, that pattern, that habitual.
0: We know know. exactly what we need to do, which is so sad. We all know, but whether we do it or not, or stick with it is, is the question I I want to give you guys a Here's what to do about it. But I mean, but we-
1: I mean, I even came up with uh, on my own just naturally during this, like the two small steps I'm going to take. Because yeah. how many of our podcast guests have told us, and usually in terms of like creating a business or taking a like small steps, small, small incremental steps. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know that we should tell you what to do, but maybe you're listening and you're going to say, I'm going to read a book and put my phone away, or I too am going to stop being the frenzied stoplight person who deletes messages because she's, you know, constantly on call. And maybe if you're more like Stacy, you're going to be like, listen, it's, it's one online course a month. Right. Or I get to read one self-help book or one self-improvement book. And I'm also reading a fiction novel. And like, that's all I get. But Um, I mean, I think that's the thing you, the whole point is we don't want this podcast to tell you how to tackle what you're feeling we want you to listen and think like what actually makes sense in my life. Like go back to that, that inner voice of wisdom, go back to your intuition and let your intuition guide you back to creativity and connection.
0: There it is. Thanks guys. This was a pleasure. I hope, I really do hope you guys take this to heart. I think that's a really important message, whether you hear it from us or from somebody else, but we need to, to reassess because it's it's out of control, including this very podcast.
1: <laughs> we yeah. are telling
0: you to switch us off and everybody yeah. else and just listen to yourself for at least 10 minutes a day. <laughs> okay, guys,
1: I'm coming back with a tiny little addendum because after we recorded this episode, I spent the whole week questioning all of my impulses to pick up my phone, just getting curious. So after deciding I was only going to check my emails and notifications twice a day, and I've stuck with that and it feels damn good. I noticed the following things about when I felt compelled to pick up my phone, aside from just those emails and notifications. I continued to reach for my phone instinctively to check the weather, to check my schedule for the week over and over. When was my Nespresso order being delivered? How many episodes are there in this series? Where have I seen that actor before? How should I style this oversized romper that I just bought? Oh, I haven't read the news today. Checking my New York Times briefing. Check my horoscope. Check the yoga schedule. So, again, Um, aside from just being responsive to someone else's messages or notifications, I realized that I am constantly seeking out these little tidbits of information. And I think what that has in common with Stacy's larger search for, you know, seeking out knowledge and skills is like this moment is not enough. I'm not enough in this moment. I don't know enough in this moment. I need to know more to understand more to be better. And I think it does have to do with sort of an attempt at anxiety management that ends up actually perpetuating anxiety. So I'm just going to encourage, as we so often do, curiosity. As you go about your day and you find yourself reaching for your phone or your computer, ask yourself what information you are seeking out and then try to get quiet and get back to that voice inside yourself, that intuition, because it is wise as hell.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mother Plus Podcast. We cannot believe how many people out there are listening and loving our message. It's honestly a total, it's a dream come true for me and Steph. And we are just so grateful for all of you and for your views and comments and emails, and we wanted to make something for you to thank you and keep the momentum going. It's called the permission slip, as in you have permission to pursue acting. You have permission to pursue writing. You have permission to pursue hot air ballooning, if that's your thing. This guide is to help you find the other side of your plus. In it, we will help you dive into who you were before you became a mom and in turn, plan out the woman you want to become now that you are. It's so good, guys. We spent so much time on this. It's got everything you need to know to get your wheels turning. And most importantly, it also gives you practical steps you need to take to actually pursue your passions, even if you still have kids in diapers. All of this is available to you for free. You just have to visit motherplusser.com forward slash permission hyphen slip. That's motherplusser.com forward slash permission hyphen slip to download it. We hope that just by taking this one little step for yourself, it will put you on the path to find the thing that lights you up again. Go get it, motherplussers. We'll see you next time.